and boom goes the dynamite. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's the SoCo Sports Show, and we are here to talk NFL, of course. Week four is in the books. We're going to look forward to week five. I am, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost, Seth Ott. Uh, this is the sports show, right? I thought we were talking uh-huh. about lacrosse. Lacrosse? I mean, we could talk lacrosse at the end. Okay, fine. The season is heating up. I actually have no idea if lacrosse is going on. <laughs> People ask me about lacrosse and I go, the, uh, I have no idea what to say. <laughs> but uh, we are, of course, uh, like I said, we're going to recap week four in the NFL and we're going to look forward to week five. Uh, things starting to take shape in the NFL, so I'm excited to talk about a lot of these teams. Uh, but before we get into any of that, we're going to check in with our good friend John Gruden, faux Gruden on Twitter. You run right by his ass! Scare him to death! Hi, I'm Chucky. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here! Huddle up! <laughs> good Lord. Um, yeah, I, 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 I forgot to mention it because we didn't have a, a, a tweet last week, but uh, when the Raiders did play the Vikings, uh, there was a few times where I thought he looked like Chucky, and they did call him Chucky, too, on that broadcast. So um, oh, yeah. my whole thought, I you know, again, had no idea that that was a thing, but... Uh, you're proving me right here. Uh, but John Gruden this week uh, tweets uh, to, to a player of his that uh, will, no, will no longer be playing for his team this season, at least. Uh, that's Vontez Perfect, who was suspended for the rest of the year after a brutal hit this week. And uh, so he, he tweets, uh, hey, man, sorry to hear about your suspension. I know a really good mechanic who can get that fixed right up. Give me a call. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's awesome, bro. I like that. That's a good pun. That pun gets a double sounder. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's it for this week's uh, Faux Gruden Tweet of the Week. You run right by his ass! Scare him to death! Hi, I'm Chucky. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here! Huddle up! My favorite part of that is definitely the ho, ho, ho. <laughs> um, we are going to recap games in just a second, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Take it away, Co. Wow, great stuff. That guy sucks. I don't know about that. That's that's about the best read I've ever heard in my life. So uh, everyone should be thankful that they got to hear it. I know I am. Uh, let's get on, and we got to talk about week four. Let's get into our game recaps. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? Lot of big time games uh, with with exciting things to talk about this week. So let's jump right in with our Thursday game. Uh, last week we had Green Bay hosting the Eagles. The Eagles and. Not a lot of people expected the outcome here. Uh, in our Pick'em, we now have four uh, four participants in Pick'em. Uh, you and I, Seth, and then Kyle and Dan, who are listeners. So uh, the only one to get this All? game right was Kyle, uh, who picked the Eagles. They won this game 34-27. to um, Green Bay was the favorite by four and a half. You and I picked them. And Seth, this was a surprising game. You and I, last week, I remember when we talked about this game, we thought the evil eagles, the evil eagles. We thought the, the eagles, eagles were trending downward, and it looked very much like they were, and that the Packers uh, were, you know, going to be a, one of the top teams. I I don't know that this loss means that the Packers aren't a top team. Um, I think it says more about the Eagles than it does about the Packers. But looking at the stat lines, this was a big time Aaron Rodgers game. He throws fifty three times. 422 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. They didn't get much on the ground, uh, but Aaron Jones did add a touchdown. But he left this game uh, with – or no, was it him or the other guy? Uh, yeah, Jamal Williams. 
Jamal Williams leaves this game uh, early with an injury. Uh, on the Eagles' side of things, Wentz was uh, not a lot of yards, only 160, but three scores uh, through the air. Jordan Howard adds two more on the ground uh, after 87 yards. And, you know, this was a shootout, and we talked about the uh, the Eagles last week being the new Packers in that Wentz was going to have to carry them to victories. And he did that to some extent. He was efficient, didn't turn it over, and scored three touchdowns. Uh, but they got a lot out of the running game. Jordan Howard, 87 yards. Miles Sanders adds another 72. Um, and, and on the Packers side of things, we didn't get the defense that we thought. Uh, this Packers team was great defensively for three weeks and then couldn't seem to stop the Eagles at all. Uh, Packers with a chance to win it at the end or at least tie it. And uh, Rodgers threw a, an interception in the end zone. So uh, what are you taking away from this game? For me, it's I, I, I'm not worrying about the Packers here. Um, but I think that the Eagles, uh, I personally may have jumped off of their wagon earlier than I should have, uh, and I think they're they're a team that we shouldn't forget about uh, uh, when we talk about the top of the NFC. I'm still not on board fully with the Eagles. I, I think they still have some pretty uh, glaring weaknesses, in, especially in that secondary. Um, with, with the Packers, I think the, uh, the Eagles exploited a big weakness for them, and that's that's the the run defense. Um, they, I know that the Packers have been kind of up and down in that department. Uh, you know, week, week one, they performed really well against the bears who have a good running attack week two. They got completely torn apart, still came up with a win, but got torn apart by Dalvin cook for over 150 yards. Um, and then, uh, you know, against the Eagles again, they get torn up. So they've been kind of up and down there, but, um, you know, with, with both, with both of these, cause you know, we, we talk about Rogers and, you know, he had to throw 50, 50 sometimes, but if, if you were talking about, uh, the, you know, in a game where Rodgers throws 50 sometimes and it's a close game, you would normally say they would win that game and nine, nine mm-hmm. times out of 10. Right. And they didn't. And, you know, I, I think the, with, with the Packers, the, again, their weakness is the run defense, but I also think weakness is in, in their receiving core, especially right now too, with Devonte Adams, he gets banged up in this one. Uh, his question, he's questionable for this week. Uh, they just don't have the elite receivers like he used to. Devonte Adams is an amazing receiver, but the rest of that pack is is you know kind of hit or miss. It's it's uh, you know it's it's really young. It's a really young receiving core. Not to say that they won't get better because Devonta Adams had a lot of growing pains until he became who he is. But uh, guys like Valdez Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown and Geronimo Allison are all just guys kind of right now. And uh, so it, it's harder for you know some of those plays Rodgers to make to turn into some of these big plays like guys with Co- like Cobb used to do. So um, you know it's. I, I don't think either of these teams are quote unquote elite teams. I, you know, I don't think they're, um, you know, they, they, I don't think they're, you know, going to be the, the NFC winners at, at the end of the day. But, you know, I, I think, I, I obviously think they're both tough teams. I just, I still am not ready to say the Eagles are, you know, going to win the NFC East or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Certainly a team that everyone will be keeping an eye on because they've been so up and down. And a couple other teams that have been very up and down are the Tennessee Titans and the, uh, excuse me, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, The only one to pick this one right, again, was Kyle. Uh, He picked Tennessee in this one, and they win the game 24-10. to I I saw this game and I said, fuck these teams. I'm not betting on either of these teams ever again because Tennessee comes out really, really looking good in week one and, and took it to Cleveland, did very poorly in weeks two and three, and then they come out and they put one on the Falcons, 
Mariota looks good in this one. He completes two-thirds of his passes, 227 and three scores. Derrick Henry adds 100 yards on the ground. Uh, and A.J. Brown, who's kind of making a name for himself with his long touchdown receptions, he goes three catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. Corey Davis adds another 91 and a touchdown. Um, so this Titans offense seemingly woke up, which I think we're going to continue to see against a very poor Falcons defense. Uh, and everybody knew this Falcons defense was bad, but Falcons offense could not find a way to get in the end zone in this game. They had one rushing touchdown, but Matt Ryan throws for 397 yards and no scores. They only put up 10 points on this. And uh, Austin Hooper leads the way, nine catches for a 130 in terms of receivers. But this Titans defense, uh, I guess this was a bend but not break game. They didn't allow uh, Atlanta into the end zone for the most part. And defense is obviously a strength of this Titans team, but I don't know. Th these are two teams that just really annoy me. Um, and I guess a perfect matchup for the Titans, who had a good enough offense to take advantage of a really terrible Atlanta defense um, and slow down the offense. But I, I think I think a week ago, if you asked me if the Falcons were a threat to get in the playoffs, I might have said, like, maybe. I'm ready to say no at this point. Uh, not only is that defense terrible, but but if the offense can't hang 24 points, they're not going to beat anybody, much less the Tennessee Titans. So I don't know. I, I just I just it, these are two teams that annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think either, either of these teams are going to be anywhere near the playoffs, uh, you know, here here uh, towards the end of the season. I, I think both these teams are uh, I mean, the Titans are, are more of a mediocre team than the Falcons. I think the Falcons are just straight up bad. Uh, I You know, I think they've they've scored points against. Uh, okay defenses but when it comes to like the the Vikings they scored 10 points against the Titans they scored 10 points against so when they're facing above average defenses which the Titans do have they just can't do anything uh you know once once they shut down one of their you know a few uh, top two weapons or so you know, at least at least Julio you know Calvin Ridley can get point they get uh, yards all he wants but uh you know it's it's when they shut down guys like Julio that they have troubles um and Devontae Freeman hasn't been much this year either but you know, the, the Titans have been a good defense, you know, regardless. But, you know, I, I don't think that putting up 24 points against the, the Titans or the Falcons defense is much of a feat. So mm -hmm. they, I, either of these, neither of these teams to me are uh, going to be, they're going to be towards the bottom, I think, of, of the uh, their respective conferences. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. Uh, we go to an AFC East matchup. Buffalo Bills hosted the New England Patriots. And the Patriots win this game uh, by a score of 16 to 10, but Buffalo was getting seven and a half points. So you, me, and Kyle were all uh, correct pickers in choosing Buffalo. Uh, Dan had the Patriots and loses, F you, Dan. Um, and this game was weird. I watched a lot of it. Very good defensive game. And I think that would be the highlight for me here is that both of these defenses played incredibly well. Uh, the Bills uh, did a great job on Brady. They limited him to um, completing just under half of his passes, and he only goes for 150 yards, and they picked him off. Uh, there really was not much offense to be had in this game. Again, 16-10. And I think with the Bills, the thing that I learned in this game was that Josh Allen is not going to win them games. I think he's good enough to not lose them games like this, like big, big time games. And they might've had an opportunity to come back at the end and win this game. They had some opportunities, but Josh Allen goes out in the second half with a concussion and we're waiting to see what kind of time he might miss. But throughout this game, he was not great. He threw three picks, 
completed less than half of his passes. Matt Barkley came in and did a serviceable job until he threw a pick at the end. Uh, that was sort of the sealer. But I think even in a loss, I like this game for Buffalo. It was a low-scoring game. The defense hung in with the Patriots, great offense. Um, and, and so I think they'll hang around. I, I don't know that they'll challenge for that division, but I think they'll hang around in the wildcard race. And for the Patriots, what you saw here was a team that will find any way to win. And this week they did it with defense. Uh, when they couldn't throw it around, they were dealing with some injuries in the receiving core. Um, so I, I, I don't, I didn't learn much about the Patriots in this game, but I think the Bills and that defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. I think this is probably more of a showing for the Bills. If they would have came out here and got completely blown out, and, you know, lost twenty-four to nothing or thirty, you know, thirty-five to nothing or something like that, then we, you know, I think we could say, oh, you know, the Bills, you know, had an easy, easy schedule and and uh, you know aren't for real. But you know, coming out, uh, I you know I bet some money on them. They proved me right there, which was nice. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they only lost by six and they were, they were in it towards the end. So, uh, for the defense to come out there and, and put a halt to what the Patriots have been doing, uh, and, and able to put up some points, uh, you know, not a lot of points, but some points against, a, a, a excellent Patriots defense. I think this shows more for that. The bills are, are a team that uh, are gonna, you know, be tough to beat this year. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think this is a good sign for the bills. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, you talk about. <laughs> I talk about teams that are annoying to me. Uh, we have the Browns and the Ravens, and all four of us had the Ravens to cover the six and a half point spread. But the Browns, with a surprise win on the road, forty to twenty five over the Ravens. Now I'm on record as saying the Browns are losers, and I don't think they're capable of much. This doesn't change my mind. Um, I think what what I'm taking away from this game is that the Ravens might not be as good as I thought they were specifically on defense um, and specifically in the run defense. Now, Nick Chubb goes for 165 yards and three touchdowns. His fantasy owners are stoked and absolutely just ran roughshod over this Ravens defense. So I think you saw a potential weakness be exposed this week. And Lamar Jackson uh, did not play great. He threw uh, for 247 yards, three touchdowns, yes, but he had two picks and they were not well-timed. For me, I think this is the Ravens, um, you know, falling a step for me. I still think they're my favorite to win that division, um, but I think there's a big gap between the Patriots, Chiefs, and then the Ravens uh, when it comes to the AFC. The Browns, I know a a lot of people this week are saying, well, maybe the Browns are going to be good, and maybe they've got it figured out, and maybe this and maybe that. I I don't fucking buy it at all. I I think this was a good win for them, great, but... Uh, I don't think it means they're they're a real team or you know are going to go deep. I don't, do you do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I I don't know what you know what to really make of this game. I think, um, you know, b- both teams, you know, came in with kind of. I mean, they both kind of came in with different expectations into the season, and over the last few weeks, they've kind of flip flopped. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people were big believers in the Ravens coming into the season, and everyone was super into the Browns. And you know, as the first three games went through, um, you know, they 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 switched that, and and now I think they might be coming back a little bit towards the middle where they probably should be. Um, that being said, I you know I I don't know what what the future holds for either of these teams. You know, I think if the the Browns stick to the formula they they had this week, which was run the ball. A lot, which is what they were doing at the end of last season when they were winning games at the end of last year. Nick mm-hmm. Chubb had 20, 30 carries a game. Uh, Baker was making the plays when he needed to. Um, and now they have a better offense than they had back then. 
um, they just kind of got away from the run the first few weeks of the season. You know, Chubb was getting, you know, 15, 20 carries. Uh, he just wasn't quite as effective. And now he got even more carries with more touches. He caught some balls too. So getting Chubb and the running game involved um, and not putting so much on Baker, I think is going to help them. Uh, you know, they have a good defense too. You know, they have some big playmakers on the defense um, with, with Ward, uh, one, one of the better corners in the league and Miles um, uh, Garrett, I believe. He's a beast. Who, yeah, he does. He does the uh, the Shawn Michaels for wrestling fans. He does the Shawn Michaels pose when he gets a sack, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I still don't know about the Browns. You know, they they were off at a uh, off to a rough start, but they were kind of away from that formula formula that, that they were uh, you know so used to at the end of last season. So I'm still kind of wait and see for honestly both of these teams now that we've seen a little bit different a play from both of them. Yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on them and a team that people have come out uh, excited about this year. Uh, a few games in have been the Detroit Lions, and they hosted the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is a game, a good example of something we talked about a bit ago. Even in a loss, I think this was a big time game for the Detroit Lions. Uh, they lose thirty to thirty four. So I was the only one to pick the Lions in this, and because of the six and a half points they were getting, I, I was correct. And the Lions were winning this game until there were twenty seconds left in the game. Uh, Kansas City had to go down with a drive at the end and run in a game-winning touchdown. Uh, Mahomes does 315 yards but no touchdowns, which ends a long streak that he had. Uh, but LaShawn McCoy has a touchdown run, and uh, Darrell Williams has two uh, for himself. But on the Lions' side of things, Matt Stafford played well here, uh, 291 yards, three touchdowns. They got 125 yards at a carry-on Johnson. And having having rushing yards is something we've never known the Lions to do. So, uh, and they played, they played good enough defense to keep them in this. For me, Seth, uh, you know, the Chiefs are still, I think, the second best team in football right behind the Patriots. And for the Lions, I think, I, I think even in a loss, this proves that they're ready to play with some of the really good teams in the league. Yeah, I've, I've thought this entire season that the Lions have some keys to be a tough team. You know, they have a good defense. I mentioned multiple times this, this year, uh, Snacks Harrison and, and, uh, and uh, fuck, I forgot the other guy's name. Um, the corner slay Darius slay. slay. Yeah. Darius slay. Um, they got some good pieces, some really talented players on the defense. The offense has some good pieces too, with uh carry on Johnson. Like you mentioned, a legit running back, um, uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, Hawkinson got hurt in this one, but he's, he's been a good piece for them too. And, and Stafford's, you know, experienced veteran quarterback who's not, who doesn't have much of a window, uh, left in his playing career to, to do, you know, if they haven't, they, I, th- I don't think they've won the division since like 93. They got a shot at that this year, I think. Um, you know, they, I don't, they, I don't remember when the last time they made the playoffs was, you know, I, I think, you know, I, th- I think the window for them is pretty small, uh, but they have some talent to, to upset a few teams. And coming out there and, and playing as well as they did against the Chiefs uh, was impressive and, and really put them uh, in, in front of people's eyes that maybe have not uh, thought that they have the, the talent to do it. So, um, you know, I'm nervous to, as a Vikings fan. I'm nervous to see them two, two times this year with how they're playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of other teams, I think, like the Lions, where maybe not a lot was expected, um, but I like both of these teams, and it's the Indianapolis Colts and the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Colts were at home this week, but they lose to the Raiders. You and I both picked them, and uh, it's a 31-24 to win for the Raiders, and I watched a lot of this game, and I got to tell you, man, I really liked what I saw out of the Oakland Raiders in this one. Uh, they played very good defense in this game. They ran the ball well with Josh Jacobs, who I believe is a legit 
stud running back. Uh, just some of the some of the cuts and some of the broken tackles he had in this game were awesome to watch. Um, and they're doing enough in the passing game. 189 yards is all for Derek Carr, but he does throw two touchdowns. And uh, Darren Waller, who is my fantasy tight end, uh, led the way. Waller the baller? Waller the baller, indeed. So I think this Raiders team is, they're good enough at every facet, I think. There's not a there's not a huge glaring weakness, but there's also not a great strength on this team. And so mm-hmm. I think they might hover around 500, but they'll, they'll play some good teams tight. And I think the Colts are in that same boat. Uh, Jacoby Brissett played well. I really liked what I saw him, uh, you know, how I saw him perform in this. For me, I was watching this game and I thought, that's a starting quarterback. You know, I, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't watch this and think, oh, there's the backup for luck and he's missing throws. Like he's a legit yep. starter in this league. And I didn't realize that until I watched him play in this game. Yeah. Um, they didn't get much on the ground. And I think that's why they lose this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Marlon Mack has been playing very well, but only 39 yards here. Uh, mm-hmm. So they just didn't have enough juice to get the win here. I really like both of these teams, and I'm going to try to be watching them both all season because they may sneak into that wild card conversation. Um, but at the very least, I think they'll have some entertaining games. Yeah, I'm still – I mean, I've only watched the the Raiders once this year against the Vikings, and they didn't do a single thing. Uh, so, I, you know, they've been up and down. They're, they're inconsistent. Uh, whereas the Colts, uh, you know, have been pretty consistent this year. I mean, you know, this is a game they probably should have won. Uh, in my opinion, but uh, like you said, you know, Marlon Mack, uh, that's been the difference for them is that they've they've had a really impressive running game, and Mack has been really banged up the last couple of weeks. So um, the, the, when having to rely on Brissett is a little bit more difficult. Now, like you said, Brissett's been good, and he's he's, he's looked good. Uh, he is, you know, like I talked about even the first week, he's always had the eye, he's had the eye of, of some of the uh, coaches and, and different talent evaluators in the NFL, um, he's, he's been one of the t- most talked about backups and everything. And, you know, I, I personally believed him coming into this team, I thought would be, um, a, you know, obviously a step down from luck, but still, um, you know, they'd be still be a serviceable team and, and, you know, maybe not one of the top AFC teams, but definitely a team to compete. And they've proven that I think so far and, and has, ha- and has, uh, Brissett. So uh, this is still a team, I think, like you said, a wildcard team. I, I wouldn't necessarily put the, 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 the Raiders in that conversation, just having been so up and down this year. Uh, but the Colts have won some games. They probably shouldn't have again, losing some games. They probably should have win too, but, um, you know, if they can get Mac healthy and continue to, to run the ball well and play good defense, uh, like they have in the weeks past, I think that they're going to uh, definitely be in that wild card conversation. Mm-hmm. And that AFC South is very winnable, so the, mm-hmm. the Colts uh, potentially could get that. Uh, a team that will almost definitely not make the playoffs are the 0-4 Miami Dolphins. They lost by 20 to the San Diego Chargers. Uh, sorry, the LA Chargers. I'm still doing that. Uh, everybody picked the Dolphins. We thought, nah, they'll they'll hang. They're getting 16 and a half points, but they lose by 20 here. And, you know, again, another week, another Dolphins beat down Uh, the Chargers for for a while. This this looked like a close game. I was really stoked. I thought I thought that the Chargers wouldn't cover here, Mm -hmm. but they hung 10 in the in the final quarter to to seal the deal. Uh, Rivers was efficient. 24 for 33, 10, two scores. Uh, Eckler added over 100 yards again uh, and two touchdowns here. Um, I don't even really care about this game. I certainly don't care about the Dolphins. Uh, but I'm interested, Seth, in your take on Melvin Gordon, who is going to be returning to the Chargers. He was active for this game, but didn't take any snaps. Um, but they figure to be working him in this weekend. Austin Eckler has performed very well filling in in the starting role. Uh, so I'm interested to hear what you think Gordon's going to add to this offense 
um, that that has already been playing pretty well. They're two and two. I honestly I don't know. Like the it's one of those things where I don't think we'll really get a feel of what Gordon is. Um, you know, uh, until probably two or three weeks after he's first playing because we just don't know what type of shape he's in. We don't, there's always that risk. Uh, and cause you see it in the preseason, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's science, honestly, you know, when, when you've had all this time off, not taking the, the, the hits and not cutting, um, you know, not, not running at that, you know, type of, uh, intensity, uh, you're way more at risk for injury. So he could come out this week and tear an ACL. And that, that wouldn't be surprising to me just because he hasn't had football activity, you know, that, uh, it, just the frequency of, of that is is much more of a statistical fact. You know, it can it can happen. So, um, you know, I we'll we'll see what happens with him. You know, if he doesn't come in like the shape like he you know has, like he should be, um, he might not be as effective for a few weeks. It's just sitting on the couch or you know just working out at at a gym or whatever it is doesn't quite equate to what it is on the field. So, um, of course, I think eventually he'll get, as long as he doesn't get hurt, he, he'll he get back to what he was, uh, being a really good red zone threat. Uh, you know, not not the most efficient back, but gets a ton of volume and uh, is, is going to get the touchdowns when they're down there. Um, I think it just might take a few weeks to really, you know, see if he gets back to that or if he, you know, is has fallen down a little bit from what he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be an interesting team to keep an eye on. Uh, I think KC will run away with this division, but uh, Chargers another one of those teams I think will be in the hunt for a wild card position. The Chargers uh, are just the Chargers generally are just a better team with Gordon on it, though. So I, I think that he'll, you know, even if he's not quite the same, at least for the few weeks, defenses are still going to pay attention to him, and mm-hmm. so that's going to help Rivers, uh, especially with the banged up receiving core. Mike Williams didn't play this week either, so um, you know they they got a banged up team a little bit too. So I think just having Gordon out there will help the team offensively, though. Absolutely, uh, you talk about uh, you talk about guys that people are watching. Daniel Jones is one of those guys. He leads the New York Giants to their second straight win over the Redskins, and everybody picked this game. Uh, the Giants do go ahead and cover the three-and-a-half-point spread, so uh, all of us were winners <laughs> By 21. 24-3 to was the final. Uh, Giants 2-2, two and two, Redskins fall to 0-4. Jones was fine in this game, 225 and a touchdown, but he did throw two picks. Uh, Wayne Gallman in, um, in uh, a fill-in role. For Saquon Barkley goes for 63 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Sterling Shepard, though, seven for 76. Uh, he seems to be healthy and, and ready to be their number one receiver. Uh, this Giants team will get back Golden Tate, who is returning from, uh, I believe, a suspension this week. Um, and I think this offense really has some pieces that are going to keep them in ball games. Uh, on the Redskins team, uh, Case Keenum gets benched. Dwayne Haskins comes into this game and plays very poorly. <laughs> uh, three interceptions on nine of 17 passing. And there was almost no offense to speak of for the Redskins. Uh, they're clearly just a shit team. This Giants team, though, uh, I'm probably another win away from from really getting behind them, but I am liking what I'm seeing these last couple weeks. What about you? Uh, not Not ready to say anything. Uh, there, I, I do not think they're a good team. Um, you, you know, they they played the Bucks, who aren't a very good defense. I mean, even though they they won this week, they they still gave up forty some points um, mm-hmm. to to the Rams. Um, so they beat the Bucks two weeks ago, um, in basically a luck because uh, their kicker missed a field goal, mm-hmm. and then they beat the Redskins, who are you know, other than the Dolphins, are the most dumpster fire team uh, in the league. So. Um, 
and honestly, I know that the, the, the Dolphins are a team that kind of, you know, on, on numbers wise look worse. Um, but at least they kind of have, at least they know they're bad and they're, they're kind of just working <laughs> through it. Like the Redskins still think they're good and they're like, Oh, let's try out these different quarterbacks and try to get a win in there. And they're just not even, you know, they're, they're just, they're just bad. They're straight up bad. Um, their best offensive weapon, Terry McLaurin, um, who's, who, who's been really good and has been a spark in the offense was out this week. So that could have been a factor here too. Um, but, uh, you know, considering the, the giants, uh, you know, got, have been getting just absolutely, they've given, they gave up prior to this game, like 400 yards of passing every, uh, the, the three games prior, um, you know, they're, they're not a good defense. So they should have put up a little bit more points in this, but yeah, the, the giants to me, you know, maybe get Saquon back, uh, you know, okay, that'll, that'll add something I think for sure. The defense though, their defense is still not, you know, I, I, other than maybe the Redskins and Dolphins, I don't think they're they're gonna a team that's gonna every other game they play is gonna have to be a shootout. And I think Daniel Daniel Dimes, as he might be called, um, he uh, I think he does obviously add a lot to that offense compared to to Eli. He's got the mobility. He's he's been, um, you know, I think he honestly is probably more accurate and and adds a spark. But um, and they'll probably be closer in games than than they were would with Eli. But I still, you know, at the end of the day. They might sneak a few wins in here and there, but they're going to be bottom of that division to me. Um, and I think that they're, well, not bottom, actually, the Redskins will be. But they'll be towards the bottom of that division. And, you know, I don't think they're going to be anywhere sniffing towards a, a playoff spot. Sure, sure. Uh, don't count Daniel Dimes out, though. He might he might be able to uh, get him rolling here. <laughs> um, speaking, of, again, of frustrating teams, uh, we have the Panthers and the Houston Texans. Uh, I was wrong on this game, uh, as was Kyle, but you and Dan both picked the Panthers, um, who were four and a half point dogs and they, they win this game 16 to 10 over Houston. And uh, Christian McCaffrey is obviously a stud. I don't know what I think of this Kyle Allen guy and both defenses apparently played well in this game. I didn't watch a snap to be honest with you, but I, I, for me, People were so excited about Deshaun Watson in this offense, and I have not yet seen it. He, he he played very well against the Saints, and I know they have a very poor line, so he's he's under duress a lot. This is was a wildly disappointing game for me from the Houston offense to only hang ten points. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that's that's why I picked them because this Carolina defense has not been great, um, and so I thought that they would hang some points. They didn't. I again, the Texans, one of those teams that is trending downward from threat to win the AFC South to toward the direction of crap team. And that whole AFC South is frustrating, as is the NFC South. I don't know what to make of these Panthers either, mainly because I haven't watched them much. Where are you on these teams? Um, yeah, th- this one was a tough game because I, I personally bet the uh, put some money on, on the over. I thought this would be a high scoring game, um, and, and clearly it wasn't. I lost some money. Um, yeah, the the they've both been, well, at least I think the Texans have been more underwhelming than the Panthers. I think the Panthers are honestly playing better than what we anticipated them. Even like honestly, I think if Cam was playing, I I think that, the, you know, they they might even be worse off at this point. You know, I think Kyle Allen has oh, been yeah. a, a at least you know with the passing game and efficiency and everything, like he's been a better fit for that offense right now, and so. There and it all it does allow them to to run the ball uh, more efficiently as well and defense is playing great right now so the Panthers to me are surprisingly a team that's going to be a tough one um, and even more tough with Kyle Allen in there right now um, 
the the Texans though, that's it's still a tough team for me to to, to judge because. Uh, you know, like you said that, you know, they, they have played well on offense this year, but then they've had games like this where they don't. Um, Watson has been, I think he is the most sack quarterback in the NFL right now, most pressured. And uh, they don't have a ton of a run game to speak of. They got talented receivers, but with with Watson not having time to throw it, it's hard for him to get it to him. So, um, you know, the defense just overall hasn't played great and, and the offense has, you know, again, inconsistent. So, Huh. I, you know, I still think because of just that division, I think they're going to be a threat for the playoffs or threat to get into the playoffs because of that division. But, you know, once they get there, they'll probably be a first round team loss. You know, I, I don't think they're going to be uh, a threat for uh, any, you know, uh, long playoff run at all. I agree. I agree. I, I agree that that's their ceiling, I think. Um, here's an interesting game. One of the most talked about games over this weekend was the Rams and the Buccaneers. Now, everybody picked the Rams to win by 10. They did not, obviously. Uh, They lose this game by a score of 55 to 40 to the Buccaneers, who woke up and decided to play offense this week. Uh, Great fucking timing. And (laughs) I watched this game every snap, of course, as I do with all Rams games. And here's here's what I will say. Uh, and you no I longer was, have a remote to your TV. <laughs> oh, my God. The TV itself is gone. There's a donut hole in the center of it. Um, this was a tough game to watch, but I watched it with a level head, and I took it all in. And, and I will say, I was very impressed with Tampa Bay in this game. Uh, their offense played very well. They had get they had guys getting into space. And this, this Rams defense, everyone's going to shit on it now that it gave up 55 points. This is a good Rams defense. And... They, I mean, Arians in this offense came out and they shredded it, dude. Like, guys were open the whole game. Winston, uh, and, you know, everyone wants to jump back on Winston as a great quarterback. I'm not there yet because he was hitting open guys. But uh, this was, I think, the scheme of Arians and this offense. They beat the Rams before they even showed up. It was 21 to nothing before you could get your nachos, like, to start this game. And I think that set the tone for this game. The Rams, uh, a lot of people have been talking about their inability to run the ball. And I think that comes from two things. One, they were down 21-0 like that. And, you know, you got to throw the ball to climb out of a hole like that. But another is Tampa Bay has adopted, or at least for this game, adopted a defense that people have been playing against the Rams all season where they go with like six guys on the line of scrimmage and then they drop some into coverage and rush some. And the Rams and an offensive line that is not as good as it was last year, not even close, is unable to block. And Goff is under pressure, and they can't run because of the defensive schemes and the the decreased talent of that offensive line. I think a weakness was if if everybody didn't already know that was the weakness of the Rams, everybody knows now, and that's mm-hmm. a concern for me as a Rams fan. This Rams offense looked great. Um, other than some turnovers, which ended up being, you know, what lost in the game. Goff was really good in this game. He had to throw 68 times, but he had 500 yards and two touchdowns. He did turn it over three three picks and a fumble. Um, but they they had to turn it loose in this game because they were playing from behind. Um, I, you know, as a Rams fan, I, I'm not sounding the alarms on this team because they lost to the Bucks. I think you have to give credit to the Bucks. They came out and they beat this team, and, and there's no getting around that. But I, I'm not worried about this Rams team. I, I, th- I do think they need to figure out how to get the run game going. They've struggled with that. And again, I think it's offensive line play. But uh, let, let's not all freak out, okay? This is still the NFC Championship team that uh, that we're talking about here. So uh, good on the Bucks. I think they're better and trending in the right direction. 
Um, and the Rams still have some things to figure out. They have a chance to do it um, in the game that the first game we'll pick when we look to next week against Seattle. Yeah, this one's tough because, like, for me, I'm I'm nowhere near saying the the Bucks are are for real. Um, if you remember last year, Week One, uh, Fitzmagic came out and just completely decimated the Saints, and then the Saints go on to play in the um, was it the NFC Championship last year? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, the Bucks have these games. Like they're they're really notorious for this. They've done this the last few years, even. Like they they'll come out and play these really good teams and just like kill them. Um, you know, they play the Saints this week. I honestly would not be surprised if they come out and score three points, honestly. Um, I, I just think they're they're a team that can come out here. They have talent to do this. Um, they just don't execute. And you mentioned, you know, receivers were open and they schemed well and all that stuff too. That's great. Um, and the, the problem with Winston is that sometimes he'll hit those open receivers and sometimes they'll miss them by a mile. So mm-hmm. this is one of those games where he hit them. And uh so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, this this is a tough rot- loss for the Rams. Honestly, I, I think, you know, this is a game that they should have came out here and had had uh, handily. But like you mentioned, I think the one thing about the the Bucks that they they are actually statistically right now the number one run defense in football, and that's been through the, the entire first three games. So, I don't think the the Rams are going to have a good good game on the ground with them, regardless. But you do mention the Rams. The, the running game has been off this year, and you, uh, they did lose two offensive linemen in the offseason. Uh, John Sullivan, I believe, is not there anymore, who was, was one of the best centers in the league. I think he retired, uh, and I don't remember who, who the other guy they lost. But, um, you know, it, that, that that's tough for them. And plus, Gurley, you know, we still don't know what his full health is. He's looked like himself at times, but hasn't at other times. Um, and and I, I think it's tough if you're going to – Goff is a good quarterback, but if you have to lean on him entirely – I think that's an, that's not good. Um, I think that he's still, you know, he's a, he's a very good passer, but I don't think he's, you know, to the level of some of these, you know, to these elite players. So it's hard. I, I you know, if we're if, if you're in a final drive with Jared Goff and you need him to win the game, you know, sometimes he'll do it, sometimes he won't. He's not like one of those consistent, consistently great quarterbacks. So, um, you know, McVay's a great coach, but you can only do so much in some of those situations. So. You know it's tough. I, you know the 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 Rams, like you said, have a good defense too, but they lost some pieces there. Uh, Sue came and he, he went to the Bucks. He was in the Rams last year, went to the Bucks and kind of sealed it for him. So they they are they are missing some pieces pieces all all around, honestly, on that team. So Rams, like you said, are still a top team in the NFC, and I still believe will be obviously playoff uh, playoff team and a tough team to beat down the road. But they're not they're they're not the same powerhouse like they were last year with these pieces missing and some players not playing to the level that they that they have been Mm -hmm. absolutely i agree they got some stuff to figure out uh two of their nfc west opponents played this weekend it was the arizona cardinals and the seattle seahawks everybody picked the seahawks in this game and everybody was right they win this game by a score of 27 to 10 uh, Russell Wilson was efficient, but not flashy here. 240 yards and a touchdown. Chris Carson adds 100 yards on the ground, uh, which you got to love if you're a Seahawks fan. Uh, Will Disley can, can, continues a great tight end season. Yeah. Uh, he seems to have come out of nowhere. Another touchdown for him. Uh, seven catches, 57 yards. Arizona continues to kind of struggle, man. Uh, they're putting the ball in Kyler Murray's hands a lot, um, and they're not getting much from the run game. This is a team that's that's just built to fail, I think. And and Murray will get better, um, but they're putting too much on his shoulders, if you ask me. Uh, and I don't think they're going to win many games. But the Seahawks team goes to 3-1. and one. 
Uh, they're tied with the Rams for second in the NFC West. And I think they're just playing sound football. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. this is not a not a win you, you want to get too excited about because it's the Cardinals. But they ran the ball well. They threw the ball well. Uh, they didn't really turn it over here. And they got a win, uh, which is good momentum going into, uh, you know, we mentioned it a second ago, a Thursday night matchup with the Rams. Uh, this game doesn't tell me much, honestly. I'm, I'm waiting to see this Rams-Seahawks game this week before I'm, I'm ready mm-hmm. to uh, – to make further assessment, but I, I am still, I've been, I've been liking the Seahawks all season and I'm still there. Yeah. I'm still not, I mean, the Seahawks have had a pretty cake schedule so far, so I'm not, I, I still don't fully like they're, they're not to me an elite team. Like they have been in years past, you know, the, the defense is still not great. Um, you know, the offense, I mean, anytime you have Russell Wilson back there, you have a shot to win a game. I, you know, he, he's an mm-hmm. equalizer in that department, but in terms of saying, is this team, any sort of a threat to go deep in the playoffs? I don't think so at all. Uh, I think at best they'll be a wild card team, and maybe not even that. Um, I just think the defense is too weak, and I and and I just don't think they have that same that same same amount of talent and same amount of uh, you know, like mentality like they've had in the past. They they're more honestly an offensive team than they are a defensive team, which is a complete flip of what mm-hmm. they have been. Like you said, the Cardinals too. I'm a believer in Murray. Uh, you know, I think. Even though the Cardinals have not won, um, they've been exponentially better than last year, and they have uh, they they have an offense kind of now. And I and I think, um, like you mentioned, they haven't haven't had a great run game, but they also don't have an offensive line to speak of. I think any of those starters they have on the offensive line would not they would be backups at best with other NFL teams. So mm. they need to build a line around Murray to give give him time because he's got accuracy. He's got a cannon. He's He can run. He just doesn't have time to do any of that right now. Um, and same thing with, with David Johnson. David Johnson is a stud. He's, he's a really good running back. But um, when you have no holes uh, to, to run through, there's really not much he can do. Uh, and especially, too, their defense is, is terrible. Um, they have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. You know, it's they just are they're void of talent at the moment, other than Kyler Murray and David Johnson. Larry Fitzgerald's good too, and Christian Kirk, but that's about it. That's about all they have right now. So, you know, I, I think that as they start to build up talent, they got a young quarterback in Murray. I think the next two, three, four years, I think they're going to start to be on the rise. Um, it's just going to take a little bit to build that talent up and and get them in a spot where they can, you know, actually compete with teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's look to your team. Uh, the Vikings Mm-mm. lose a disappointing game. Now you and I What's picked up? this game correctly. We both had the Bears, um, but the Vikings lose six to sixteen in Chicago. This Bears defense is where I want to start. Man, they're fucking good. Um, mm-hmm. They completely stifled the run game. Uh, Dalvin Cook, fourteen carries, only thirty-five yards in this game, uh, and they they made Kirk Cousins' life a living hell in this one too. Um, so they, they lose Mitch Trubisky in this game. He goes down with an injury. It doesn't look like it's terribly serious, but we may have another Chase Daniel game or two uh, coming down the pipe here. Um, Daniel was efficient, 22 for 30, 195 and a touchdown in his, his relief of Trubisky. Um, and then a decent, decent game on the ground. This is a low-scoring, probably boring game to watch, uh, but great defense played on both sides. Seth, I, I know that the highlight coming out of this game and the thing everyone wants to talk about is Kirk Cousins. And he completed 75% of his passes here, or close to that, only 233 yards here, and just was unspectacular. And I'm interested to see if you think the sky is falling, because a lot of Vikings fans think that they need to move off of Cousins if they're going to win games. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, honestly, because I just don't think... 
I don't think they have any, like, the, Cousins is the best quarterback they have on the roster. Like, unless they're trading for someone, then you have to start Cousins. I, you know, I, I don't think guys like uh, Kyle Slaughter uh, are going to be a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Or Sean Mannion is going to be a better better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. And I know that's, I know people in Minnesota are all about Kyle Slaughter. He's a third string quarterback for a reason, okay? Uh, he's looked good in the preseason, so calm down. Um, the 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 Vikings are only a good team when they can run, and I knew this going in. I said if the Vi- if the Vikings can somehow run the ball against the Bears, they got a shot to win this, but they just couldn't. Uh, Cook had no room to run, um, and then so at the point they they just kept trying to run uh, throughout this entire game, and it just wasn't working. And so when Cousins did drop back to pass, he had no time because they knew what they were doing. The, the Bears knew exactly what the Vikings were going for. Uh, Cousins, I think, was sacked five times in this game. Um, and when he wasn't being sacked, he was getting hit and he was getting, he had to hurry. He didn't really, the, until they switched their offensive philosophy on the last, uh, the last, the last effective drive they had, when they went no huddle and sped up the game a little bit, he looked good there. Uh, he was completing the passes and, and they ended up scoring a touchdown. Um, it's just that at, at that point, the game is out of hand. Um, I think they need to switch up some of their philosophy against some of these tougher defenses, go no huddle, go a little bit faster pace. That's what Cousins is more comfortable in. Put him in shotgun. They even mentioned that on the broadcast. Put Cousins in shotgun. He's comfortable when he can see the entire field. Dropping back gives him no time. He has no comfort. Um, it, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, the defense played is you know they played well uh unfortunately though a guy like chase daniel which this happened last year uh they played the bears and trubisky got hurt and chase daniel comes in and wins like this <laughs> chase daniel is a better quarterback than mr trubisky in my eyes um you know he 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 completed he completed passes he didn't overthrow guys he didn't make any mistakes honestly i thought the offense ran better ran better with chase daniel than mr trubisky that's just my personal opinion um and i think that's been other people's opinion this week too but um, you know, the Bears, the Bears are the Bears, you know, they're, they're an excellent defense, probably the best defense in the NFL. And, uh, the, you know, their, their offense is efficient, um, not mistake heavy. And I think they're going to be a team that it's going to be, they're going to have every game like this. They're going to either win by a small margin or, or they'll lose by a small margin. You know, they're, they're not a guaranteed win every game, but they're, they're, you know, a, a tough team to beat, uh, when you do beat them. So the Vikings, they do have some stuff to figure out. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, they, they win a game by 31 a week and then lose, you know, and only score six points the next. So, you know, I think this is probably going to be an issue all year. If you can stop the run on them, you're going to beat the Vikings. That's how easy it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Certainly some stuff to figure out. I agree with you here. I, I don't think they need to move off of Cousins. I think they just need to get their, their offensive strategy uh, settled because 2-0 uh, and o when Cousins throws less than 30 passes, 0-2 when he throws more so far this season. So, um I think the Vikings are close enough where if they can figure out a couple things, they'll they'll continue to be uh, near the top of that division. But uh, they're they're going to run out of time if they keep dicking around. So um, uh, I think pretty similar to the Rams, they've got some stuff to figure out, but uh, still one of the more solid teams in the NFC. We go to <laughs> we go to Denver, where uh, Gardner Minshew mania is continuing. Uh, the Jaguars beat the Broncos 26-24 on a last-second, two-minute game-winning drive by a limping Gardner Mishu who came in injured to win the game. 213 yards, two touchdowns for him. Leonard Fournette goes for 225 rushing yards in this one. And um, the Broncos are 0-4. No one's calling them a good team. Uh, th- this, to me, was like a really good JV football game. 
or it's like, oh, cool. It was really entertaining. It was close. And there was some numbers put up. Um, and But still, you know, it's the Broncos and it's the Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars, I think, are closer to being a good team than the Broncos are. They, of course, play, play pretty good defense uh, in general. But this Minshew kid, man, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, you know, two and two after coming in for Nick Foles, uh, two and one in starts. He's got a game-winning drive under his belt now. People are pretty stoked about him in Jacksonville. I don't know that this team is a real threat, but it's kind of fun to see that dude going out there and getting some wins. Yeah, it's it was fun to watch him. I got to catch the the last drive of this game. Uh, he looked good. I you know I think I think uh, the Jaguars have something in him. He he adds a little spark to them. Uh, and the Broncos they haven't really been dominated this year. I mean they, all their games they've lost have been within. I think within a touchdown at least. And, and so they're not a bad team. They just, you know, the, some of these close games uh, that they have won in the past, they're just not winning. And, you know, it's tough. You know, that I think, uh, honestly, their their offense has played okay. Their defense has been better than expected. Um, it's just that, you know, some of these other teams have, have had the luck go their way at the end. So, um, you know, they'll, they're obviously won't be a playoff team, but they're, they're, they're going to be tough. They're, they're still a tough team to beat. I think the Jaguars, they're interesting to me. They're, they're very interesting. Uh, if Fournette can run the way he's running, the defense still play good. And they played this game without Jalen Ramsey. We'll see how, you know, how much longer he's out and, and, or if he's still with the team, but I like the Jaguars. I think they're fun to watch now. And, uh, which they got a good group of young receivers and, uh, Minshew, Minshew, uh, the Minshew magic is, is casting spells all over, all over the end. NFL right now so uh give me some Jaguars I like it I like it big time NFC matchup on Sunday night football we had the Dallas Cowboys going to New Orleans to play the Saints everybody picked the Cowboys in this game and they lost uh they had a chance to win it at the end uh but they end up falling 10 to 12 you heard me right 10 to 12 against the Saints both these teams go to three and one and I think there's a lot to take away here. For me, the main thing is um, the Saints' defense is real. And I think people have lost sight of that in in the whole hubbub of of Drew Brees being uh, injured in this year, and everyone wants to talk about Teddy Bridgewater. But this Saints' D is real. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, one of the best offenses through three weeks. Sure, they didn't play anybody, uh, but they've got a lot of talent on this team, and the Saints held them to just just uh, just 10 points. Saints offense though didn't do a lot in this game. They only score four field goals. Field goals, excuse me, no touchdowns. Bridgewater goes twenty-three for thirty, one ninety-three, no touchdowns and a pick. He was and he did enough to win this game, and I think that's what he'll continue to do. On the Cowboys side though, what a fall from grace. Three and zero, top offense in the league, or one of them, and they can only hang ten points on the Saints and lose this game. Uh, Elliott only thirty-five yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, he fumbles in this game. So does Jason Witten. Yeah, neither of those guys fumbling often. And Dak Prescott here, uh, unable to drag his team to a win uh, in the end here. Now, you, I think, Seth, correct me if I'm wrong, have not been uh, fully on board the Cowboy train so far this season. Uh, so was this was this what you were expecting to see in this game, or at least at some point when they played a real team? Um, I've been on them, at least in their division. I, I think that they, they're, um, I have thought and still do think that they're, that they'll be the division winner of this team. Um, you know, I think they're, I think, still think they're a very good team. I just think they are kind of, um, one dimensional in a way. Like I know Dak has played well and, and, uh, Cooper and, and Gallup have been, have had good games, but when you shut them down, I think it takes the run game 
to make the pass game as good as it has been. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to shut that run game down, um, I think it makes Dak have to throw it. It has to rely on him. I don't think he's the type of quarterback to have to do that. Um, I, I think he is much more comfortable in being in a spot where he's in a balanced offense. If he if it lies on him, uh, then I think you're in trouble. So I think it, I think the the Saints did show that the Cowboys have weaknesses, um, and and it, you know it, it showed that they're um, you know not not necessarily the one of the top four or five teams in the NFL right now potentially. You know I, I think that they're they're they show that they're beatable. So um, I've never really been a fan of Dak necessarily I don't think he's um I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL um I think that's been a lot of talk this year um but in terms of the team in general uh as the Cowboys the Cowboys as a whole I still think they're a very very good team uh you know I think they're going to be a tough team to beat throughout uh and again I still think they'll win the division and, and be a tough team in the playoffs if they can you know get the run game going kick it back up and Cooper's uh, Cooper Amari Cooper is is probably if you're talking about inconsistent wide receivers the most inconsistent wide receiver in the mm-hmm. NFL he'll have games where he'll, he'll have 150 yards and then a game later he'll have 30 you know um he'll be open all game one game and then just not do a single thing the next um that that's the tough thing with Cooper so uh you know he's he's a great talent but just sometimes he just can't get open and uh you know I think this is a game that proves it so you know, you know Zeke. You know Zeke's not playing well. Plus, Cooper's not playing well. Yeah, that's a that's a recipe for trouble, and and that's going to be a tough thing. You know, if they are going to be a team in the playoffs, that'll be tough for them because that that could happen any game. You know, especially when you're playing elite elite teams at that point. Um, you know, if if someone like Cooper or or Zeke are not playing well, um, it, it, you're you're going to have a tough time winning. So, um, in terms of the Saints. Um, the defense has, has been good for a couple years. Um, you know, they've had a couple down games this season, um, but, you know, they, they have to rely on them right now because t- that's the type of play uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, has. You know, he's much more of a game manager, much more of an efficient guy who doesn't make a ton of mistakes and it's not going to make a bunch of big plays. Um, but they rely on the running game and the defense. He'll be okay. He'll he'll do enough to win, and that's exactly what happened here. So if they can continue doing that while, while Drew Brees is out, um, they're going to be just fine uh, come come that time when he comes back. Yeah, I think um, they uh, the best they can hope for is to you know stay in the hunt uh, until Breeze comes back, and so far they're on track to do just that. Uh, let's go to a Monday night game that was completely worthless: uh, Pittsburgh and the Bengals. Uh, I was the only one to pick the Bengals. Everybody else got points on this game because the Steelers win this one, twenty-seven to three. Uh, Dalton was terrible. They couldn't run the ball very well. Uh, although Joe Mixon does look healthy, which he's on my fantasy team, so I'm paying attention to that. Uh, he looks healthy, but that offensive line and the rest of that offense are just he, – he's not got an opportunity to be special. Um, so this Bengals team stinks. They're 0-4. Um, even the defense is bad. On the Steelers' side of things, you have Mason Rudolph coming in, uh, 24 of 28, 229 yards, and two touchdowns. And – I, I hear that stat line, and I go, wow, that's a really good game. Uh, here's an interesting stat. 16 of his completions went to running backs for, like, 75% of the yards. So it's not like this dude was slinging it around the field. He was checking down, and, uh, and, and guys were getting into space, which is good. Uh, but, of course, you know, Rudolph, of course, does enough to win here. I think that both these teams are dumpster fires. And I, you know, 
I, I don't know that we'll be talking about him in a month, but do you think this Steelers team has any shot of being a real team here with Rudolph seemingly playing pretty well in this, this baby-sized offense that they've got for him? Uh, not a real team, but a team that I think has enough talent on it to not be like the Dolphins or the, the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Um, they they came out and they, they've adjusted their offense. Uh, I think the first game that Rudolph was the starter, they kind of just went business as usual with the offense and just basically tried to make him play the same style that Roethlisberger was playing. And that's not what Rudolph is good at. That's not his... That's not his uh, specialty or anything like that. What they ended up doing is kind of playing a little bit more of a dink and dunk style. Um, they they threw in some wildcat formations and kind of added in some of the more explosive players like Jalen Samuels into the offense. Um, so they're finding ways, they're manufacturing touches for their for their players. Uh, James Conner had a much better game. This is the best game he's had all season. Um, you know, Juju. I don't know. I don't actually know what his stat line ended up being, but um, three for fifteen. Okay, it's so not good. Um, but this uh, they, Johnson, Deontay Johnson, I think his name is uh, rookie. He came out there and played well. So they're they're getting explosive players out there uh, onto the field where they haven't really done that this season. So they're just manufacturing things is what they need to do. Um, the Bengals, I'm not going to waste any more time in them. They're bad. They're a bad team. They're going to be easily at the bottom of that division. Agreed. That's it for our week four games. Uh, Seth, you were the you were the king of the picks this week. You had Hell eight yeah. correct. Uh, Kyle and I both had seven. Dan brings up the rear with five picks. If you want to join us on Pickskin Pick'em, uh, hit the link in the description box to uh, to join the crew here. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? All right, so 15 <laughs> games last week and uh, 15 games in week five as well. Two teams are on by... And those teams are uh, the Dolphins and the Detroit Lions. So we have 15 games to preview. Uh, we're going to be doing our pigskin pick them against the spread as we typically do. And we're going to start with a game that has already happened. Uh, we got to go back in time to pick our Thursday night football game. I'm going to take you back in time. Where we're going, we don't need roads. We talked about it before. Seattle hosts the Rams. Uh, Seattle is one and a half point favorites in this game, uh, which to me is a shock. I'm going to end up taking the Rams and a couple of points here. Uh, I think it's a bounce back game and a very important one. I think the Rams know it uh, for their season going forward. Seattle's been tough. I think this is a close game, but I'll take the Rams by a uh, touchdown or so. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I I don't know if I agree with the points there um, you know, by touchdown, but I do agree that the Rams, I think they'll win this game. And we talked uh, a bit ago about the frustrating teams of the league. Two of, two of them are playing each other. It's Houston hosting the Falcons, and the Texans are favorites by four and a half points. And I don't know why, but I'm picking Houston, I guess because they're the home team. Um, I think that their offense will have a better game against this terrible, terrible Atlanta defense. And I think Houston's defense, uh, which has been playing pretty well, Will stifle Ryan and company. So give me give me Houston again to cover the four and a half point spread. Yeah, I, I agree with that on too. I, I think that the Falcons are going to have uh, more trouble getting pressure on Watson than uh, other teams have this year. They just don't have the talent to do that as, as well. Um, you know, I think that this will be a high scoring game, uh, but I do agree that home home field. I think the Texans have um, 
probably all around better talent uh, at this point right now, uh, at least a little bit more experienced and more explosive. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is, you know, it's, it's a fun matchup actually. DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. I could easily seeing this one be basically being a, a, you know, a chess match between these two and just going back and forth. But yeah, give me the Texans on this one. Looking at Tennessee, they host the bills. And Seth, for me, uh, this game and how I'm picking it is going to depend on Josh Allen and whether or not he plays. Um, if he is not going to play, then I'm going to go ahead and pick Tennessee to win this one at home. The spread is two and a half points. I think they'll cover and win by at least a field goal. Um, but if Josh Allen does play, I might flip this pick. For now, though, I'm going to go under the assumption that he won't play. It's tough to come back in one week from a concussion. Uh, give me Tennessee. I'm still going the Bills. Uh, I Again, I don't think Tennessee's a very good team. And even, like you said, second half without uh, Josh Allen last week, they still had a chance to beat the Patriots. So uh, give me the Bills in this one. I you know I think they, they uh, not only do I think they cover that two and a half points, I think they win. So I like it. I like it. I also like the Oakland Raiders. They're at home against the Chicago Bears, and Oakland is getting four and a half points this week. Uh, I, you know, I talked about it before. I watched them last week, and I really liked what I saw. I think they're going to do enough offensively and enough defensively to keep this game close. I think this is like a 13 to 17 game. I think Chicago wins it, but I'm taking four and a half points in Oakland. I am not. Uh, I watched the Bears last week, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, the Vikings have a much better defense than the Raiders. That is very clear after how they pounded the Raiders. Um, I think the the Vikings have a better offense uh, all around, uh, probably not all around, but at least a better running game than the Raiders. Um, and the Raiders are, uh, I th- to me, are, they're the Vikings are a little bit better than mediocre. I think the Raiders are mediocre. So yeah, give me the Bears, uh, and they'll they'll cover that four and a half. All right, it's also a four and a half spread for Cincinnati. They're the favorites over the Arizona Cardinals. And we talked about Cincinnati, Cincinnati, that is, being a crap team. I think Arizona knows this, and they're going to come out ready for a game they think they can win, and they're getting four and a half points. I think Arizona's going to figure this one out and get their first one of the season in Cincinnati. So give me Arizona. I agree. I agree on this one uh, for exactly the same logic. I think that if there's going to be a game where Kyler Murray uh, shows what he can do in the NFL, I think this one is it. So uh, give, me the, uh, give me the Cardinals. I dig it. We go to New York where the Giants host your Minnesota Vikings. And this is an interesting line. I think the reason I'm picking the Giants here, um, first of all, they're a home team and they're getting four and a half points. I love the number here. But I also think they're a team that's trending in the right direction and Minnesota is not. Um, now, I won't be surprised if Minnesota gets it, figures out, gets it figured out and beats the crap out of this Giants team. But I like the Giants to come out ready uh, to go at home behind Jones and at least keep it close. So I'm taking the Giants and the points. Yeah, here the, I can tell you one of two things is going to happen here. Either one, and I'm picking the Giants, obviously. Just don't even ask me when whoever's playing the Vikings. <laughs> um, but uh, one of two things is going to happen. It's going to be one of these two, I guarantee it. Either A, the Vikings blow them out and just whoop on them, or B, and they actually tend to do that against the Giants. They have a really good, weirdly, they have a really good record against the Giants. Um, but two, the B, the other option is that the Giants win a close game. They win by like three or something. That's probably what will end up happening. Um, but it's going to either be a blow up from the Vikings because of all this stuff that's going on. And again, they play really well against the Giants for some reason. Or B, the Giants pull out a close victory and actually, you know, prove that 
um, you know, uh, Daniel Dimes. I like calling him Daniel. Daniel Dimes uh, and and the Giants are a team that can actually play well this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, Pat Shermer going against his former team. He'd love to get the win in New York. Uh, we go down the road to Washington. The Redskins are hosting the Patriots. Another huge spread for New England. It's 15 and a half. I say they cover. This Washington team is a total dumpster fire, as you put it earlier. Uh, give me the Patriots, and they're going to win by 17 to 20 points. Uh, copy and paste that one. <laughs> I dig it. I, I think this is maybe one that, that everyone will be picking. Uh, let's go to New Orleans. The Saints host the Bucks, the Red Hot Buccaneers. If you listen to talk radio this week, um, New Orleans is favored by three and a half points. I think you see a Tampa Bay team get brought back down to earth here. The Saints defense, I would argue, is better than that of the Rams, or at the very least, more consistent. Um, and so, again, I, I think Bridgewater will do enough uh, to get this victory. I think they'll go to the ground a lot. And, um, you know, we talked about Tampa Bay having a good rush defense, but. Uh, I, I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, and I'm almost talking myself out of this pick as I think about it, but um, I am going to stick with, with the Saints. Uh, even though that rush defense is good from Tampa, I, I think the Saints will figure out a way to, to beat their division foe here. Yeah, I could see this being a game actually where Teddy Teddy does well. I think this could be a game where, um, because as good as Tampa Bay's run defense is, their pass defense is bad. It's just real bad. And so... Uh, you know, I think that, and prior, honestly, prior to um, the game against the Rams, they hadn't really had any turnovers in the secondary. So, um, you know, I, I think that this is—I think this is a game where Teddy could do some things, put up some points, because he has, you know, although he's a game manager and not technically, you know, in, generally a guy who puts up a lot of numbers, he has in the past had over 300-yard games and, and that type of thing too. So, I think this could be that. You know, I think that it's going to be tough for them to get yards on the ground. I think there'll be some dump-offs to, to Kamara in this one, uh, get him involved quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, they'll lean on Michael Thomas. I think this will be, I think this will be a little more high scoring than we thought. Um, but I do think that the saints will win this one. And I, I, you know, I think they'll, they'll win by at least the three and a half. I dig it. Uh, Philadelphia is favored by 13 and a half points over the New York jets. And here are the jets. They're coming off of a bye uh, with two weeks to prepare for this Eagles team. They got to watch a lot of Thursday night tape. Uh, not only are they coming off a bye, they have extra time to study the tape from this last week. And so I am still not going to pick the Jets. Um, <laughs> I take the Eagles uh, by by over two touchdowns. I think this is a team that's offense is figuring itself out, and I think they'll beat the pants off the Jets. Yeah, the Jets aren't good. Uh, that's that's good analysis by me. Um, but uh, yeah, give me the Eagles in this one. Maybe one of the easier picks for me this week is Pittsburgh hosting the Ravens. And we talked about the Ravens not being as good as we thought, uh, but the Steelers are bad. And what the Steelers will need to do is run the ball well. And, you know, the the Ravens defense has been good against the run, uh, other than the fact that Chubb ran them over last week for the Browns. But I, I think I think Baltimore tightens up the rush defense. I don't think Mason Rudolph is going to win this game for them. And the Steelers defense is not very good. So I think this is a bounce back game for Lamar Jackson. So I'm taking the Ravens to cover the three and a half point spread. Yeah, again, I, I completely agree with that assessment there. So uh won't belabor the point more there. I'll give uh, the Ravens on that one. Smart man agreeing with you, boy. Uh, we go to Carolina. The Panthers host the Jaguars in a battle of a couple of big cat teams. And, Seth, I'm going to cut right to the chase. I'm buying in on Minshew Mania. Give me Gardner plus three and a half points. 
to come in and beat the Carolina Panthers. And Chris Angel got don't got nothing on Minshew magic. Give me the Jaguars. <laughs> the Chargers are home in L.A. where they will play the Denver Broncos. Chargers are favored by six and a half points, and uh, they're getting Melvin Gordon back in this game. Hopefully he'll provide a, sort of a spark to that offense and to my fantasy team. And so uh, I, I'm going to take the Chargers to cover this touchdown spread just because I haven't seen much from Denver. You mentioned a second ago, Seth, though, that they're losing games, they're 0-4, but they're not losing by a lot of points. So do you think they'll keep this one close enough? I do. I, I think that this will be, I think this, again, will be within three three to four points. So I think that spread is a little bit too much for me. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Broncos. They'll lose, but I think that they'll keep it close. All right. All right. Dallas will have the Packers coming to town. This is one of the games I'm really excited to watch. Um and I think it'll be one of probably be America's game of the week uh, on Fox. Uh, Dallas is favored by three and a half points at home, and that's too much points for me to give to Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to take Green Bay in this game. I, I think they'll do more offensively than Dallas is capable of. So uh, I'm going with the pack here. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys on this simply for the fact that Devonta Adams uh, didn't practice at all today, uh, which we're recording on uh, Wednesday. Um, and without Devonte Adams, I, that receiving core to me is just, just a bunch of guys. And, uh, you know, Rogers, uh, while as great as he is, he still really hasn't been able to do it on his own this year. Um, he's needed help, especially on the ground. Um, I know they're only going to have Aaron Jones this week. So that, that kind of screws up that, um, that rotation that they've had. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think that, I think that the Cowboys too, after last week, want to prove something. This is at home. Um, you know, I, I think that they want to go out there. The, the, like we mentioned too, Green Bay's run defense has been has not been great. They've been kind of hit or miss. I think Zeke needs to get on track too. He hasn't been great this season. He's been good, but not great. I think this could be a good game for Zeke. Um, hopefully too, because he's on my fantasy team. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think I think this is this needs to be a statement game for the Cow- if the Cowboys want to be a top team in the NFL. This needs to be a statement game for them. And uh, I think this could be it. So uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys uh, getting the three and a half. I dig it. I dig it. In the AFC, uh, Kansas City will play host to the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, I think the Colts are getting disrespected by this line, Seth. It's a ten and a half point spread. Kansas City is, of course, the favorites. And I, again, we talked about it earlier. I think Jacoby Brissett's a real quarterback, and I think this Colts team is a real team. Ten and a half points is too much for me to eat in this matchup. Give me the Colts plus 10 and a half. I, I, I do think they lose this game. I think Mahomes, uh, you know, w- will find a way to win it in the end, but uh, I'm taking the 10 and a half and Indianapolis. Well, I can tell you I'm done putting money on the Chiefs because uh, they've uh, <laughs> really burned me the last two weeks because fuck them, but I'm still going to take, I'm still going to take the, the 10 and a half for the Chiefs. And the reason for that is we mentioned Marlon Mack is banged up. T.Y. Hilton didn't play at all last week, which probably is a big reason. He's been awesome this year when he's played. Um, and uh, I think with him being gone last week, that that hurt their offense. I don't know if he'll play this week at all. I don't think he's practiced either. And so if he's not out there, it's a real thin receiving core for them. So um, just with how banged up they are right now, plus playing in Arrowhead, that's going to be tough. Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this one, even though I fucking hate them right now. <laughs> the Monday night game for the second time in five games will feature the – Cleveland Browns. Um, They've played two Monday night games and a Sunday night game, which, whatever, fucking Browns. 
they're going to San Francisco to play the 49ers. San Francisco is favored by three and a half. And this is a game I won't be surprised if I'm wrong here, but I'm going to take San Francisco to cover because Cleveland is losers and losers lose. Um, again, maybe this is just my pride talking because I was so hard on them and then they won. But give me San Francisco here. What do you think? Well, honestly, I was agreeing with you until you said that and you said that last week. So I'm going to switch it. I'm going to go with the Browns on this one. <laughs> um, you you jinxed them last week with that. So I'm going to go with the Browns on this one. Um, honestly, this one for me was a coin toss. I, I've I, the, the 49ers can't, coming off a bye. They really haven't played anyone yet. Um, so I just don't know what they're going to look like. They've had a really good defense. Uh, their offense has been in terribly inconsistent, uh, and that's really driven by Garoppolo. They have a good run game, but the Browns have a really good run defense. That's really the strength of their defense. So, you know, I it's really too hard to tell. I'm just going to go with the team here that, uh, again, you jinx them, but also um, the, the team that is coming off a you know 40-point game uh, in this case. So I'm going to go with the Browns. All right, so... Uh, we have 15 games uh, this weekend, 14, I guess, left after you've uh, after we've dropped this podcast. So that's it for our game previews. It's coming right for us! <laughs> and uh, Seth, it sounds like you had a pretty tough a tough week last week, uh, but hopefully it's a better one this week. Let, let's hear what you're betting on this week in Seth's picks. I wanna lick, 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 lick you Good God. Um, so yeah, yeah, not not uh, not a great week for your boy here. As I mentioned, uh, Casey, uh, I'd bet them to uh, cover that seven points, uh, that minus seven they had last week. They did not. Uh, New England Buffalo, that one did work out for me. Uh, Buffalo plus seven, they they lost by six. Um, the Oakland and Indianapolis game, I bet uh, Oakland six and a half. Um, and they won that game, so that worked out. The over-unders uh, did not work out well for me this week. I went one for four on the over-unders. Uh, Washington and the Giants, um, you know, I just thought with how bad both defenses were um, that there would be a lot of points scored in that one. Um, I bet it was over 49.5 is what I bet did not happen. It was 24 points, I believe, or 27. Um, Carolina and Houston, again, I talked about that earlier. Really thought this would be a high-scoring game just because of uh, the defenses and um, you know how, how the quarterbacks have been playing. I bet the over 47 and a half that did not happen. Uh, and then Jacksonville and Denver, I bet the under on this one, 37 and a half, both really good defenses. Uh, but goddamn Gardner Minshew just had to come out and be a baller. So um, that ended up being a bad bet. But the one over under I got this week was the Cincinnati Pittsburgh game. I bet the under 45. Uh, that one worked out as that, again, was a very low scoring game. So that one made me happy. Um, for this coming week here, I really like the Thursday game. I like the Rams, uh, that getting a point and a half, um, even though I did do a, a kind of a prop bet this week, a side bet uh, for a live, a live bet, as I guess they call it on here, where um, at one point the, the Rams, they had, were, had a plus, they were, they had, they were getting seven points against um, against the Bucks and uh, almost got that one, but I lost that. But still, I think getting a point and a half against the Seahawks, I think is good for the Rams. So I, I think I'm going to bet that one. Yeah, the, the the Ravens and Steelers minus three and a half. I kind of like betting the three and a half for the for the Ravens here. I think that this is going to be a, a corrective game for them. Um, the uh, Bears and Raiders. I like the 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 uh, spread. I don't want to bet on, but the over under of forty one. I kind of like the under for that one. Honestly, I think this will be a low scoring one. Um, the Cardinals and Bengals. Yeah, I don't, the over under is forty eight in that one. We talked about the spread. I that one makes me nervous. 
Um, the, the Jaguars and Panthers, um, over-unders 41, the Jaguars 3.5. I'm going to take the 3.5 for the Jaguars and, and bet on that one, I think. Uh, over-under 41, that one's tough. I know both defenses have been playing well, but I think that's just a little bit too low for me, so I might stay away from the over-under. Giants and Vikings go away. I don't want to touch that one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Patriots and Redskins, um, the over-under 43, I'll stay away, but the 15.5 for the, the Patriots... Again, my, I know they'll probably end up winning by 30, but just I, I just don't trust betting the the, the spreads like that. Um, Eagles and Jets, again, over under 44, the 14 and a half for the spread. I just probably won't touch that game. Uh, Bucks and Saints, uh, over under 47. Um, ugh, again, that one, there's not a lot of great bets this week, honestly, looking at it. That one I don't feel great about. One I do like, though, here, the Texans and Falcons. Um, the spread, I you know, is not not a great one, but the over under forty eight and a half, I, I'm gonna bet the over on that one. I think this is gonna be a high scoring one. I could see this one where uh, both uh, Hopkins and Jones have over like 150 yards and a couple touchdowns each in this game. That, that's that's the type of game I could see out of this one where these two um, stud receivers don't really have anyone covering them and their quarterbacks are just chucking it deep to them. So and especially too with I think both receivers are coming off down games. Hopkins is coming off a down couple weeks. I. I think there's a lot of motivation coming out of this game for both teams to, to perform well offensively. Um, Bills and Titans. Um, the I, I like the plus, plus three for the Bills. Uh, I'm going to bet that. And the over-under, 38.5. I love the under for this game. Uh, I'm going to bet that all day, every day. I think these defenses are uh, both not teams to put up points, especially having a banged-up quarterback in Buffalo. I think this is going to be a very run-heavy game and a very low-scoring game. I could see this one being like a 6-3 game, honestly. Um, Broncos and Chargers, uh, again, not uh, potentially the six and a half for the Broncos. I, you know, I still, I think this will be close, but just not confident enough to really say for sure yet. 44 and a half is over under, um, Cowboys and Packers. Uh, again, I'll probably stay away from that one. Uh, the three and a half for the Cowboys. I, you know, not, not a huge fan of betting wise over under 46 and a half. I think that's about right. Colts and Chiefs, uh, that over under for that one's 56 and a half. Um, I think that. The Colts have a good defense, but they have been scoring points. Uh, that's just a lot of points to score in that game. I, th- I think that's one I'll stay away from. And then the ten and a half, I'm not betting on the Chiefs' threat points ever again. I'm done with the <laughs> with their with their the points they're getting. Uh, and then the Browns and 49ers, 46 and a half is the over under. Uh, that one's just a little bit too unpredictable for me right now. So uh, a lot of bets I do like this week. Some some things I, I think I'm pretty sure on, but overall some tough ones this week. So uh, we'll, we'll see how I do next week. I might be a little bit more conservative after the last couple of weeks have bit me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on Seth's picks and uh, hopefully getting you some some dollar dollar bills. I, I might be so I'm traveling to to Iowa. I may be able to put some money down. Um, and I really like a game you mentioned, uh, the Jacksonville plus three and a half is a game that, that I would like to put money on. Um, and then, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about, about Oakland plus four and a half against the bears. And you mentioned the under on Tennessee and the Buffalo bills. Uh, I love that pick as well. So I may be able to, uh, to get a couple of shekels out of this week's uh, football matchups as well. So we'll, we'll see. So those are Seth's picks for the week, uh, which means we're just about done with this show. But before we go, we got to give you just one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. My, my one more thing. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about my Rams. And I'm just going to say, again, relax, everybody. Okay? 
the Rams aren't a terrible team because they lost to Tampa Bay. But every, everyone in the league was waiting for the Rams to lose so they could talk about how terrible the Rams are. I think you have a great, a great quarterback, uh, a lot of great players on defense. I think the best wide receiving core in football is on the Rams. Um, and th- this team is going to figure itself out. It's a team in transition, uh, and they're going to have to change their offensive strategy from, from what they did last year. Um, but just let's all fucking chill about the Rams getting beat by Tampa, okay? I, and I'm going to sound really stupid if they also lost to the Seahawks last night, but um, uh, I, I hope I hope that they bounced back. And they're still a top five team in the NFC, so let's fucking cool it on the Rams are terrible, all right? They suck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna re- re- uh, reiterate for my one more thing that for a few the the last few weeks, uh, you know, I've been hearing a lot about the the Minshew magic, but honestly, I and I and I've been kind of uh, down on it. I, you know, I've been like, oh, okay, this you know rookie's coming in, stupid ass mustache and. Uh, you know, the, the overhyped. He's on the Jaguars, but then I watched that last drive uh, this week against the Broncos, where he just comes out there. He looks like his knee is snapped under a defensive lineman, and he comes up. He hobbles around the next play, and he just comes out there and wins the fucking game. And Gardner Minshew, I, I I'm fully on board with this guy. Um, you know, obviously he's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but. He's got like he's fucking fearless out there watching him play. Like he has nothing to lose. He has absolutely nothing to lose at this point. Um, you know, at this point, if Nick Foles came back tomorrow, he'd probably be the starter um, just because of the money they paid him and the in the name recognition. So Gardner Minshew is out there just slinging it. He's out there playing with all his heart. He's out there. He's got the fans behind him. And in Jacksonville, there's some excitement in Jacksonville because they have some offense now. Um, you know, the, this whole Jalen Ram- Ramsey thing is being really kind of swept under the rug because everyone loves Gardner Minshew. And so, you know, if this happened a year ago uh, with Bortles or, who you know, whoever they had starting and, and Ramsey wanted to leave, the sky would be absolutely falling in Jacksonville. But Gardner Minshew is out there just fucking conjuring spells and, and making Jacksonville a happy place uh, behind all the, the cocaine and hookers there. <laughs> so uh, Gardner Minshew, I'm fully on board for this guy. I want to watch as much of him as I can. Uh, I believe that he was or is going to be on NFL uh, Countdown with Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Oh my God. Um, they they showed him uh, like doing a warm up, and he was doing the Uncle Rico throw, like the sidearm throw and stuff, like like he was doing a perfect Uncle Rico impression. It was amazing. Um, Gardner Minshew, I'm totally on board for this guy. I believe in the Minshew magic. Uh, Minshew mania is running wild all over Jacksonville. Give me Gardner Minshew all day, every day. I like it. The, the Soko Show buys into the Gardner Minshew hype. We're loving it. Gardner Minshew. You get a fucking cookie and a star. That's what you he get. He does. I'll give him one. <laughs> we'll see how he performs this weekend. Uh, but you and I both like betting on his Jaguars to win. So uh, we got Jacksonville and, uh, well, we got Gardner Minshew's great and so are the Rams. And one more thing. <laughs> but I'm down to one more, t- one more thing. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's Soko Sports Show. Uh, again, if you want to participate in Pigskin Pick'em with us, hit the link in the description box. You can join in our uh, Pick'em, and we'll give you a shout-out if you beat Seth and me. Uh, no one's done it so far, but we do have a couple a couple dudes trying, so uh, make sure you jump on in there and join in the fun. Uh, of course, as you know, we recently switched to Anchor for our podcast hosting, so make sure you are still following us wherever it is you get new episodes. And if you want to check out anchor.fm slash the dash soco dash show 
That is our anchor homepage where you can support this podcast uh, for a dollar or five or ten a month. You can uh, give us money to entertain you. Hopefully we're entertaining. Uh, and at the very least, maybe you've made a couple bucks off Seth's picks. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but I uh, would love it if you would do that. Uh, if not, uh, you can also show your support just by listening to the episode, sharing it with your friends and having them listen uh, because we can get, get a little bit of ad revenue off these episodes as well. So uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in seven days to recap week five and, and preview week six. But until then, we will see you next week. Bye. Sports. And boom goes the dynamite.